chapter 16. I did it Monday morning in my locker at school. I turned into a lizard. A green anole, to be exact. It's a member of the iguana family. Like you care. I waited till the bell rang for first period, which was English class. When everyone else was out of the hallway, I just climbed into my locker. I tried to act cool about it, just in case anyone was watching. The locker was about two inches shorter than me, so I had to crouch, and it was so tight I couldn't move. The only light was from the three small ventilation slits. I could hear my heart pounding in the cramped dark space. I was afraid. It was one thing to turn into a dog. I mean, it's weird, it's strange, but it's also kind of cool. Dogs are cool animals. But lizards? I should have practiced, I muttered under my breath. I really should have practiced like Cassie said. I started to focus for the morphing. I remember the way we had caught the lizard the night before last. We'd spotted it with a flashlight and Cassie had put a bucket over it so it couldn't get away. It had been fairly creepy just touching it to acquire its DNA pattern. Now I was going to become it. The first thing I noticed was that I suddenly had a lot more room inside the locker. I didn't have to crouch down and my shoulders weren't scrunched up anymore. I touched my face with one hand. My skin was looser than it should have been, and pebbly to the touch. I ran my hand over my head. My hair was almost all gone. Things began to happen very fast. The locker grew and grew around me. It was as big as a barn. Big as a stadium. It was like falling. Like falling off a skyscraper and taking forever to hit the ground. I was standing on something sticky, as large as a boulder. How could a boulder have gone into my locker? But then I realized, it was a wad of gum. An old, chewed-up wad of gum stuck to the bottom of my locker. Gigantic drapes as big as the sails of a ship were falling all around me. They were my clothes. In the dim light, I could see two monstrous, misshapen things on either side of me. I could just make out the Nike swoosh and realized they were my shoes. They were the size of houses. And then the lizard brain kicked in. Fear! Trapped! Run! 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 I shot left. A wall! I scampered up, feeling my feet stick to it. Trapped! I jumped back. Another hard surface. Trapped! Run! 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 I fought to get control, but the lizard brain was panicked. It didn't know where it was. It wanted out. Out! Go toward the light, I ordered my new body. The ventilation slits. That was the way out. But the body was afraid of the light. It was terrified. I was still bouncing off the walls. I could not overcome the panic instincts of the lizard body. Go to the light, I screamed inside my head. And suddenly, I was there. I poked my head out, and my body slithered after me. My tongue flicked out, and I got a weird kind of input from it. Like smell, only not quite. It kept flicking, and I could see it shoot out of my mouth and lick the air. In the bright light, I realized how bad the lizard eyes were. I couldn't make sense of what I was seeing. Everything was shattered and twisted around. Down was up and up was down. Colors weren't even close to right. I tried to think. Come on, Jake. You have eyes on the side of your head now. They don't focus together. They see different things. Deal with it. I tried to make sense of the pictures using this knowledge, but they were still a mess. It seemed to take me forever to figure it out. One eye was looking down the hall to the left. The other was looking down the hall to the right. I was upside down, gripping the side of the locker, which was like a long gray field that wouldn't end. And all the time, the green anole brain was fighting me. Now that it was out of the dark locker, it desperately wanted to get back in. 
Chapman's office, I reminded myself. But where was it? Left. That way. Suddenly, I was off and running. Straight down the wall. Zoom! Then on the level floor. Zoom! Around a scrap of paper twice as big as I was. The ground flew past. It was like being strapped onto a crazy, out-of-control missile. Then my lizard brain sensed the spider. It was a strange thing. Like I wasn't sure if I saw the spider, or heard it, or smelled it, or tasted it on my flicking lizard tongue, or just suddenly knew it was there. I took off after it, racing at a million miles an hour before I could even think about stopping. My legs were a blur, they moved so fast. It probably wasn't a huge spider. Not if you're a giant, big human being. But to my lizard eyes, it looked as big as a small child. It was huge. I could see the compound eyes. I could see the individual joints of its eight legs. I could hear the clicking, awful mandibles. The spider ran. I ran after it. I was faster. No! I screamed inside my head. But it was too late. My head jerked forward as fast as a striking snake. My jaw snapped. And suddenly, the spider was in my mouth. I could feel it fighting. I could feel the spider's legs squirming and fighting to get out of my mouth. I tried to spit it out, but I couldn't. The lizard's hunger for the spider was too great. I swallowed the spider. It was like swallowing a whole canned ham. A canned ham that was fighting all the way down. No, no, no! My brain cried in horror and disgust. But at the same time, the lizard brain was pleased. I could feel it become slightly calmer. That does it, I told myself. I am out of this morph. I wanted out of this horrible little body. I didn't care who saw me. I was going to morph back to human shape. Marco was right. It was insane to get involved in this. Insane! I heard the ground shake. It was a noise like a giant stomping across the land. It was a giant. There was a huge shadow in the sky. It was like someone trying to crush me by dropping an entire building on my head. The shoe came down! I scampered to the left. Another shoe. My tail! The shoe was on my tail! I was trapped! Chapter 17 In panic, I tried to run, but my tail was caught. Suddenly, I was free! How had that... I realized what had happened. My tail had snapped off. Looking back, I saw it, still trapped by the giant shoe. It squirmed as if it were still alive. It wriggled like a worm on a hook. The shoe lifted and flew through the air again. I shot up the side of the wall and froze in place. The giant had not seen me. It had not tried to stomp me. It had been an accident. And now my tail. No, the lizard's tail. The giant walked on, shaking the ground as it went. I focused one lizard eye on the figure. It was like trying to make sense out of one of those carnival fun mirrors. But even so, I was pretty sure it was Chapman. I watched him head down the hall. And with all my power, I ordered my lizard body to follow him. I tried not to think about the spider in my stomach, or the fact that it was still not completely dead. I tried not to think about the fact that part of my body was back on the floor, jerking like it was still alive. I just raced after Chapman, because Chapman might reveal something that would help Tom. I planned to follow Chapman to his office. I'd hide under his desk and listen to him make phone calls. I figured sooner or later he might let something slip about the location of the yerk pool. Cassie and I had talked about it. She said it could take days of hiding in Chapman's office before we learned anything. Besides, we could only stay in a morph for two hours. And meanwhile, I would be skipping class. Sooner or later, I'd get in trouble over that. And the really funny thing is, when they catch you skipping class, you get sent to the assistant principal. 
Mr. Chapman. I could just imagine that scene. Sorry I skipped class, Mr. Chapman, but I've been in this lizard body watching you because I know you're a controller and part of the giant alien conspiracy to take over Earth. I would have laughed. Only lizards can't laugh. So I followed Chapman as he marched down the hall. Suddenly, he stopped. Were we at his office? I looked around as well as I could, but it didn't look like the office. The spider gave a kick in my stomach. He opened a door. It swung right over me with a big rush of air. It went just above my head as I hugged the floor. I concentrated on making sense of the sights. Wait a minute! This was the janitor's closet. A mess of mops and buckets and cleaning solutions. What was Chapman doing? He went inside. I followed, careful to stay away from the high leather walls that were his shoes. I heard a loud click. He had locked the door behind him. It was a long way up from the floor, but I could more or less see him doing things to the sink faucet. I thought he grabbed one of the hooks they used to hang up the dirty mop heads. I was pretty sure he twisted it because I could hear a squeaking sound. And to my total and complete surprise, the wall opened. There was a doorway where the wall had been. Strange smells and stranger sounds wafted up from inside the doorway. Chapman stepped through. There were stairs just inside, heading down into a purple-lit pit. From far away, as if it came from a hundred miles down, I heard a faint sound. It was a scream. A scream of fear and despair. A human voice crying out in the darkness of that horrible place. No! The voice moaned. No! I knew what the scream meant. I knew what was happening. Somewhere down there, a human being was feeling the yerk slug slither into its brain. Somewhere down there, a human was being turned into a mindless slave for the yerks. Chapman headed down the stairs. The door closed behind him. I had found the yerk pool. It was right under my school. Chapter 18 Screams, I said. Human screams. They sounded far off, but that's what they were. My friends looked at me. All but Marco, who looked away. It was the same afternoon, right after school. We'd gone to the mall. We figured it was the best way not to look suspicious. No one thinks there's anything weird about kids hanging together at the mall. We were at a table in the food court, sharing some nachos. Ever since eating the spider, I'd had a desire to consume a lot of junk food to help me forget. You were a lizard at the time, Marco pointed out. Who knows what you heard? I know, I said. I can't stand the thought of what's happening to people down there, Cassie said. She shuddered. It's sickening. We have to do something, Rachel said. Yeah, let's rush right down there, Marco said. Then it can be us screaming. I realized I had lost my appetite for nachos. Marco, you can't just ignore what's going on, Rachel said. Sure I can, he said. All I have to do is remind myself that, hey, guess what? I don't want to die. That's it then, Rachel demanded, outraged. Just whatever's best for Marco? I don't think Marco's being selfish, Cassie said. Just the opposite. He's thinking about his father. About what would happen to his dad if Marco... He's not the only one who's got people to worry about, Rachel said. I have a family. We all do. Not me, Tobias said softly. He smiled his sad, crooked smile. It's true. No one gives a rat's rear about me. I do, Rachel said. I was surprised to hear her say that, 
Rachel isn't exactly sentimental. Look, I said, I'm not asking anyone else to go with me, but I don't have a choice. I heard that scream today, and I know Tom is going down there tonight. He's my brother. I have to try and save him. I held out my hands helpless. I have to do it. For Tom. I'll go with you, Tobias said. For the Andalite. There's no one else who can do anything to stop the Yerks, Rachel said. I'm scared to death just thinking about it, but I'm there. Marco looked sick. He gave me a dirty look. He shook his head. This is bad, he said. This is so bad. If it wasn't for Tom, I'd walk away. Look, Marco, you don't have to, I started to say. Oh, shut up, he snapped. You're my best friend, you jerk. Like, I'm going to go let you face this all alone? I'm in. I'm in to rescue Tom. That's it. Then I'm done. Only Cassie remained silent. She was looking dreamily off over the heads of the mall crowd. You know, back in the old days, I mean, the real, real old days, the Africans, the early Europeans, the Native Americans, they all believed animals had spirits, and they would call on those spirits to protect them from evil. They would ask the spirit of the fox for his cunning. They'd ask the spirit of the eagle for his sight. They would ask the lion for his strength. I guess what we're doing is sort of basic, even though it was Andalite technology that made it possible. We're still just scared little humans, trying to borrow the mind of the fox, and the eyes of the eagle, or the hawk, she added smiling at Tobias, and the strength of a lion. Just like thousands of years ago, we're calling on the animals to help protect us from evil. Will their strength be enough? I wondered. I don't know, Cassie admitted solemnly. It's like all the basic forces of planet Earth are being brought into battle. Markle rolled his eyes. Nice story, Cassie, but we're five normal kids, up against the Yerks. If it was a football game, who would you bet on? We're toast. Don't be so sure, Cassie said. We're fighting for Mother Earth. She has some tricks up her sleeves. Good grief, Marco said. Let's all buy Birkenstocks and go hug some trees. We all laughed, including Cassie. Cassie's right about one thing, Rachel said seriously. The only thing we have going for us is the animal morphing thing, and so far the only morphs we've acquired are a cat, a bird, a dog, a horse, and a lizard. I think we need a little more firepower. We should head to the gardens. We need to acquire more DNA from some animals that are not going to be easy to acquire. I nodded. Yeah, I don't think the hawk, horse, and lizard team is going to impress the Yerks. Rachel's right. I think we have to head to the gardens. We need to get some help from Mother Earth's toughest children. I looked to Cassie. Can you get us in? I can get in for free, she said. You guys will have to pay, but I can use my mom's employee discount so it will be cheaper. Oh, I'm sure we could talk them into letting us in for nothing, Marco said. Just tell them we're the Animorphs. Tell them we're what? Rachel said. Idiot teenagers with a death wish, Marco said. Animorphs. I tried the word out. It sounded okay. Hey, Animorphers! Your host Daniel here. Today's episode was brought to you by Foot Locker. Foot Locker. It's not a fetish thing. And by the support of viewers like you. Thank you. So, sorry this episode is a little short, but it's a really good stopping point, and old K.A. hit me with three teensy tiny chapters in a row, and then this fucking huge one that's gonna be next week. Uh, in other news, I have about 
two more episodes worth of free storage on SoundCloud. So I might be switching over to Libsyn or something else that I have to pay for. Um, but I'll keep you updated on that, but we might be switching URLs. In the meantime, if you want to contact me to share your thoughts about this project or on anything else, or find out more about me, ask me weird questions, you know, anything at all, uh, you can send that to audiomorphscast.tumblr.com or audiomorphscast at gmail.com. I hope everyone had a great Memorial Day weekend, and I will see you all next week. Smooches!